Who's your best friend? You are. Aww. And the angels dance around you And they love to watch you sleep And your father loves you. around you And your heart in hand he keeps And you are the lily of the valley And you are the apple of his eye And you are the lily of the valley And this is your lullaby And you are the lily of the valley And you are the lily of the valley And this is your lullaby Okay, here we go Amen, let's give the Lord a big hand You want to clap? What's happening, Rock Church? Happy Mother's Day Happy Mother's Day Obviously, this is my grandson. He's here with his mom, great-grandma, grandmas, and we're going to have a special service today. Can you say hello? Okay. <laughs> want to say hello to all the campuses in East County, North County, San Ysidro, City Heights. Let's give all those people out there a big hand and our micro sites. Amen. <clears throat> While he's very calm, we're going to all uh, say a word of prayer. Just right where you're sitting, let's say a word of prayer for our service. Let's pray, MJ. Put your hands together. Come on, don't fail me now, brother. Don't fail me now. There you go. Good boy. Let's all pray. Let's pray, MJ. If he's looking at you, that means you're not praying. (laughs) Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for all the moms here in the room. Thank you so much for all the moms here on the stage. And, Lord, we thank you for motherhood. We thank you for the sacrifices all our moms have made and are making for us. And we pray today they feel honored and blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, say goodbye. Say goodbye. Okay, here we go. See daddy over there? Go to daddy. Go to daddy. Yeah, let me get out of here. (laughs) Anyway, how's everybody doing today? Amen, amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Amen. Uh... Obviously, we have some wonderful guests here I'm going to introduce in a minute. But if I can have all the moms and all the campuses stand up real quick, just stand up. And we want to give all the moms a big hand. Amen. Amen. Whoa, moms. Amen. Amen. Come on, fellas. Let's give the moms a big hand. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, let me give a quick introduction, then we'll get into the interview. This is my mom. We call her Gigi, great-great-grandma. My mom, Mama, Mama Mac. This is my wife, Debbie, of 30-something, 40-something years. A long time. <laughs> my sister, Margaret. Her daughter, Leah. My niece, Mallory. My daughter-in-law, Sammy. And her mom, Karen. Let's give them all a big hand. Amen. 
We have, we have obviously a different service today, and uh, I want to get right into it. So if you could take out your Bibles. Matter of fact, if you have a Bible, lift your Bible up on three and say word on three. On three. <laughs> yeah, word. Word, right, 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 right. One, two, three, say word. Very good. Let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter five. I have two verses for you to kind of set up what we're going to do today. And we do want to again say Happy Mother's Day. And we pray that all you moms out there have a blessed day today. There's two focuses of our interview today. Uh, Deuteronomy 5, Ten Commandments. There are ten commandments, but only one with a promise. And it's the one about honoring your parents. Deuteronomy chapter 5, it's the fifth book of the Bible. Verse 16, it says... Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you that your days may be long. In other words, honor your parents and they won't kill you. (laughs) And that it may be well with you in the land which the Lord God has given you. Um, In our culture, honoring our parents and adults has kind of lost its way. And we're going to listen to some advice from some moms uh, no way to imply any of the moms are perfect or any person at all is perfect. But we also know that people who have had experiences that we haven't had, uh, it's smart to listen to something they have to say. Whether it helps you, that is going to be between you and God. Uh, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, New Testament. The eighth, uh, ninth book of the New Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Some of you may say, well, I'm not a mom. Uh, It's very good. It's very helpful to understand mom's perspective on things. But this is also, this verse and these two verses really apply to all of us, especially when you hear the stories you're going to hear today. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And and, and as you listen to these two verses, I want you to think that your life is in a journey. From the moment you're conceived to the moment you go to be with the Lord or not, you're on a journey. And you're going to hear seven journeys today. But look what it says in verse 12, chapter 10, 1 Corinthians. Let him who thinks he stand take heed lest he fall. In other words, if you ever say, I got this, God, he says, be careful. (laughs) And then it says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted or face a trial. Beyond what you are able to withstand and obey. But with every temptation and every trial and every obstacle and every burden that you have, he will always make a way for you to escape without you disobeying him. That you may be able to bear up underneath it. Uh, All of us go through stuff all the time and we always have this perception that other people don't know what we go through. What this says is never think that. You are never the only one, and you are not the only one, and you will never be the only one. You're not alone. Everyone say, I'm not alone. You're not alone. And so hopefully the stories you're going to hear today will encourage you you're not alone, and that we're all in a journey, and that God, we all serve the same God, and God is faithful. Can I get amen? amen. He is very faithful. Amen. Good. Let's get, let's get down into it. Everyone say, hi, Grandma. <laughs> this is my mom, and happy Mother's Day, Mom. I love you, and you've been an amazing mom to a bunch of people, now little great-great-grandsons. And uh, tell us, tell us, uh, uh, my mom is 79 years old and she's barely five feet tall. Amen. <laughs> and, but you raised five of us kids. Tell us about that and 
um, your, your typical day when we were little? Because we you had a one, a two, a four, a six, and a seven. Yes, well, um, I got married in 1958. I was married to Miles' dad for 55 years. I have 13 grandchildren and five and a half great-grandchildren. So they call me Gigi. <laughs> and a typical day when they were all in elementary school, say, I would get up, fix them breakfast, fix them lunch, take them to school, pick up some carpoolers. We had a Volkswagen bus. Ten children in a bus with no seatbelts. <laughs> and then I'd uh, come home, straighten up, go to work for a few, four or five hours, pick them up from school, take them home, let them change for football practice and dancing school, take them there, go home, cook dinner, pick them up, come back and eat dinner, and then do homework and go to bed, and then start all over the next day. <laughs> you forgot the part about lining us up in the bathroom. Uh, one day I did. <laughs> you didn't bring the ruler, did you? <laughs> no, not the ruler, the soap in the mouth. All the soap in the mouth, oh, yes. If, if they mouthed off, yes, they got soap in the mouth. So a bar of soap right in the mouth. <laughs> they didn't have child protective services in our neighborhood, so. <laughs> and my father was the popo, so we really couldn't go anywhere. Uh, but we also got lined up. One day she told us, don't, she got out of the car, and she said, don't get in the front seat. We all jumped in the front seat. And we, we got home, she lined us up all along the wall, and we all got whacked with the ruler. Except Margaret. Except Margaret. <laughs> and <laughs> I am not at all condoning that you whack your kids. I'm just saying what happened to us. Well, they, they also had time out. Remember, you were standing in the corner one day and your friends came in and wanted to play the game. But yeah. they didn't know you were being punished. Yeah, yeah, punished. <laughs> standing in the corner of the wall. <laughs> no child protective yeah. factor. Yeah. <laughs> My wife, we got married, we met in 1980, and, uh, but I want her to share a little bit about uh, her life before we got married and the life she grew up. We got tissues? We got the tissues. <laughs> he knows. Um, hello, everyone. Um, I grew up uh, in New Haven, Connecticut in a single-parent home. Uh, my dad left us, my brother and I, when we were very little. Um, my mom worked very hard. She was a maid in a motel for uh, many years. She worked seven days a week. Um, needless to say, life was very tough for us. We were extremely poor. Um, she sacrificed a lot. There were many nights when uh, at dinner she wouldn't eat with us and... My brother and I would ask her why, and she would either say, well, I'll eat later, or I already ate. And come to find out later, it was mainly because there wasn't enough food. Um, so she did sacrifice a lot for us just to keep clothes on our back and food on the table. Um, we didn't have a car. We had to pull groceries home from the grocery store, which was about a mile away. And in Connecticut, in the wintertime, during the snow, it was pretty rough. Um, she was also the only white lady that was in our housing projects. So because my brother and I were mixed children, we suffered a lot of bullying. Um, we learned to fight to survive at a very young age. Um, sorry. I don't want to cry. <laughs> I told her, tears, tears is good for uh, ratings. Tears is good for ratings. <laughs> Can I get an amen? I love tears. All the ladies out there cry. Ah. 
<laughs> Love you, Daddy. Thank you. <laughs> Things were pretty rough for us. We um, actually had to have police escorts home from elementary school that got so bad. Because my life was so messed up when I was little, I was fueled with determination to, to make it out of there. And at I, th- I thought it was me being determined, but now I know that it was God pushing me. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so at the age of 16, I had two jobs. I was going to school full-time. I saved up my money. I got a car and got out of there by the time I was 18. Um, went on to school, and two years later, I think I met Miles. And uh, four years later, we got married. And then we immediately started having kids right after we got married. We, we, had, <laughs> we have three children. You have three children. 30, 29, and 27. Amen. You got so that's Amen. my story. Good, good. Hi, I'm Margaret. I'm uh, Miles' younger sister. I'm the youngest girl out of five. My mom had five kids. I was number four. Thank you, Mom, for going through all that. Um, I've been married 30 years this year, and um, thank you. And whoever, t- whoever tells you it's easy, it's not, okay? Just saying. It's awesome, it's worth it, but it's not easy. This is my daughter, Leah, and I have a son that's uh, going to be 26 soon named Mikey. And I'm a new grandma, loving that. Um, and we've been um, moved from Maryland here about 10 years ago. And um, I never thought in a million years that I would use my love and my passion for interior design to impact a community and a church, much less the church that, you know, my brother prayed for for so many years. Um, like I said, I'm, uh, I work here, so Miles is my, my pastor, my brother, my friend, and my boss. So it gets a little weird sometimes, if you know what I'm saying. And he's fired me several times, but um, he's not really the boss. Here's how it goes, because I fire her in public. He did. Like this. You're fired. (laughs) And then she never goes anywhere. (laughs) I'm here to stay. So I just want to encourage you um, women and and moms, um, you know, if you have a passion that you may or may not think you can use it for the Lord, if it's your passion, he can use it. So do your thing. Good morning, everyone. My name is Leah. I'm Miles' niece and Margaret and Mike's daughter. Um, I have a wonderful husband who's here named Devin, and we just had three months ago a beautiful little girl named Logan. Um, and I'm very, <laughs> I'm very happy to be here with you guys today. Good. I am the <laughs> Irish Portuguese woman that ended up in their Christmas card. <laughs> My daughter, Samantha, is married to Miles' son. Um, I've known Pastor Miles and Debbie since 1991. My ex-husband was arrested for a series of crimes, crimes, I should say, and while he was in jail, he requested to see a chaplain, and God sent Pastor Miles. Long story short, he pled guilty and is serving 56 years. During our marriage, I was abused, and the hard part for me, the people that know me, is that I stayed quiet. 
And at the drop of a hat, now I'm a single mom. And at the time, Samantha, a.k.a. Sammy, was a year and a half. Fast forward to 2008, and I suffered a major blow in a relationship that I was in. Like my first husband, he pled guilty and served five years in prison. Those two relationships, sorry, besides the emotional pain, thank you, caused me great loss. I lost friends. I lost my house. I lost my car. And I lost my dog. And it was a St. Bernard, and I loved that dog, but I don't have her anymore. I essentially lost everything. But you know what? I never lost God, and I never lost my daughter. Hey, everyone. I am Sammy, and I just want to take a second to say Happy Mother's Day to you, Mom, and thank you for being so strong and such a positive influence in my life. As you know, I'm married to Pastor Miles' son. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. (laughs) Don't be... Yeah, yeah, there you go. Him, too. We got married in 2012. I also graduated from UCLA that same year, and the very next day I started law school. We decided to grow our family while I was in law school, and so our son MJ came at the end of uh, my second year. And uh, in 2015, I graduated from California Western School of Law and recently passed the bar, and now I'm a practicing attorney here in San Diego. <laughs> so as you've heard, we met, you know, Pastor Miles when I, in 1991. I was a year and a half, but I had no idea who he was. I met him again when I was 17, right over there, and I still didn't know who he was. But I bet you didn't think I'd marry your son when I saw you again, did you? <laughs> Been over my house eating all my food ever since that day. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying. So when I went to visit this guy in jail, and then I went to visit his wife and saw a picture of this little baby girl on the shelf. And I saw this big dress and all this hair and this little brown face. And 17 years later, she's standing here in church because they happened to be driving by and randomly said, let's go to that church. And her mom looked in the bulletin, and there I was. And they said, that's Pastor Miles from 17 years ago. Um, I said, you need to meet my son. And, and then that was the end of my, my, that was the rise of my food bill right there. Uh, <laughs> but I want you to tell the story about when you met my son, Miles, and your mom didn't know there was another one. So my daughter comes home, and she's like, oh, my gosh, Mom, he has the most beautiful green eyes He has the best smile. He's so nice and polite. He's such a gentleman. And I'm looking at her like, oh, my. And I said, Sam, A, he's old enough to be your father. And B, he's married. And I said, no, Mom, there's a little one. Drama, 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 drama. <laughs> Mel. Hi, guys. Happy Mother's Day, by the way. Um, I'm Miles's niece. Um, my dad is his brother. Um, I'm from New York, and then I came out here for school. 
And I just never left because why would you? So, <laughs> and I've been here ever since. So, thank you. Good, good. Okay, so we want all of you to give a give us a little nugget about what God has shown you being a mother. First of all, I want to thank you for bringing me on this journey with God. Uh, second of all. So there's a picture of my parents. I wanted to let you see my parents because uh, my uh, mom and dad were born in the British Virgin Islands. They came here. Her mother sent her here so she wouldn't marry one of the island boys. But he, she came here and she found one anyway. <laughs> um, when I was a child... The the um, saying was, children should be seen and not heard. So I made it my mission to listen to my children. I wanted to have them talk to me. I wanted to talk with them, not at them. And I wanted to let them know I love them. I was proud of them. And uh, I respected them. If you talk to your children with respect, they'll... Respect themselves. <laughs> Those are my five children as they grew up. <laughs> and um, uh, they'll respect themselves and they'll respect you also. And grandparents, uh, I, I didn't know my mother's family. They didn't want to have anything to do with us. So they didn't live far, but they still didn't visit. And so a, a lot of my family I didn't know. So I would encourage grandparents to try to include your family, your family stories to your children and your grandchildren and uh, make them feel like they belong to a bigger group. And uh, the scripture that says the most to me is Proverbs 16.24 where it says, pleasant words are like honeycomb sweetness to the soul, and health to the bones. Uh, we grew up in, in New York, and um, my grandmother, her whole family lived about 20 minutes away, and I never saw any of them. So when she was in Jamaica, her mother said, I don't want you to marry one of these black guys in Jamaica, so... Go, go to New York, and she ended up going to Jamaica, Queens. <laughs> and met a brother from Jamaica, West Indies, in Jamaica, Queens. And, but we never met them. I never even knew she had family. It was never spoken. It was just us and Grandma Dorothy. And it was, she was only, everybody was brown, and he was this white lady who was, happened to be grandma. And we, I never remember why, and there was nothing ever spoken about where she came from. It was just like, there was grandma, where was grandma? Well, she's from Jamaica. Well, what, what, and that, that was it. And so that, that was, you know, my mom's talking about is this, there's a story to your family. And, and, and sometimes it's, it's ugly. Um, uh, but share what you can. Share what you can. Deb? Um, what I wanted to share was, uh, for me, one of the most challenging moments um, as a parent because our children were so close in, age, close in age when they were younger, physically it was challenging to stay consistent with being on top of discipline. Um, 
there were so many days where I was, I was just exhausted. And it was so easy for me to just want to not deal with it and just to turn my head and, and just say whatever. But someone once shared something with me, and that was um, if you want to train them up, like the Bible says in Proverbs 22.6, to train up a child in the way they, they should go, and in the end they won't depart from it. The way to do that is to be consistent with everything you do with them, including discipline. So that always rang in my ears, and no matter how tired I was, I had to remind myself, this is for their good. I need to stay consistent with the discipline in order for them to be trained up in the way they should go. So my, ch- my challenge is just to, no matter how tired you are, no matter how... No matter how uh, just yeah, busy you are. Just stick with it. Well, my when my wife was when we were raising our kids, even though she was doing the bulk of the work. Yep. Uh, <laughs> y'all heard that, didn't y'all? Y'all heard, I see it. You notice how when she she, he, she was talking before, just just train your kids and. My life was so hard, and I, I just couldn't get a bath. And, I, and then all of a sudden, uh, she was doing most of the, most of the work. Yup. <laughs> the Lord just came on her like that. But there was like weeks where she would not comb her hair. Right there? Maybe not weeks, but there were days. There yes. were days. Lots of days. I, I would get up and see her in the bed. She'd wake up, ah, right? And then... I come home at the end of the day, but ah, I said, anything, you get to comb your hair. I said, shut up. Just go inside of me. <laughs> we made it, baby girl. We made it, girl. Try to get them kids out of there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Margaret. <laughs> so um, my, what I'd like to share with you guys, encourage you guys with is, um, for me, the, the most difficult thing about being a mom is watching your child struggle through something as a child through adulthood. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be from any decisions they made, but it could be, you know, things that you said, hey, you know, this might be the right way to go, and they, and they have to go their way, and they have to go their way. And it's hard to watch them struggle through that and to see them have pain through that um, and not want to catch them and, and you know, helicopter mom them. Um, and I know that we do that a lot, but I just want to encourage you to, you know, let them fall in, in some areas, um, and they will learn and grow from that. Like First um, James says, count it all joy when you fall into uh, various trials. Um, with, with my children that are grown as well, um, that through faith and through prayer and through going to God with those things for me and for them, they are maturing through those trials. And um, I've learned to have peace with that when they go through that, not just to worry and be concerned, but just go to God and remind them to go to God on their own behalf now as adults, um, to have peace through that and to come out on the, on the more complete side, as the verse says. So I just want to encourage all you moms that, are, that have children that are going through things just to, to be faithful and encourage them to be faithful. Lee! Um, I want to share with you guys the most rewarding thing that I've experienced so far being a mom. Um, It's only been three short but also very long months. And um, the most rewarding thing for me has just been to watch my daughter 
and just see what she shows me. I was really looking forward to the six-week milestone of the smile. And um, my very adorable but very serious little girl did not really smile until she was about 10 weeks old. So she really made me wait. But through that time, um, God showed me that we don't have to do anything. He's our father, and he loves us just like as a mother, I love my daughter, although she can do nothing for me. And um, that's really what God showed me, has showed me so far in motherhood. Um, and then the one verse that I wanted to share with you guys is Proverbs 3.5. Um, this is a verse that has really helped me through my 20s, but also um, when I was pregnant, I was reading the journal that my mother wrote to me when she was pregnant with me. And I just found out a couple months ago that that was the first verse she ever shared with me when I was in her womb. So Good. that really stuck Good. with us. Karen. Okay, the back row, we got the time, so I will be you very got, quick. So turn to God, trust God, and thank God. And be the best version of yourself that you can be. Not what society dictates, but what you think that you can be and really what God wants you to be. Um, My daughter, when she was growing up, I loved on her. I made sure that her surroundings were as safe as they could be. But she also had um, consequences for her decisions. It wasn't going to be a pity party for the next 26 years. But you know what? She excelled, and I look at what she is today. (laughs) And, you know, God knew what he was doing when it all started in 1991. And the last thing is there's always someone worse off than you are. So thank God for whatever he has given you. And my verse is Romans chapter 5. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and lastly, character produces hope. Karen, you, you've been through a lot, and that verse talks about the hope that God has given you. There's somebody out there right now who is feeling like my life isn't fair. Um, I've always had this stuff happen to me. It's always, it's always something in my life, and I'm drowning. I want you to talk directly to that person. Whether you are a male or female, whether you're old like I am, young, <laughs> um, MJ can't talk yet, but if you're his age, you need to stand up. And you can do it. God's got you. I don't care how tough it is. There's always somebody that has it worse off than you are. A single parent, whether you're male or female, I'll give dads out there that are single 50% of Mother's Day because you're doing both jobs. And you've got this. You can do it. Just trust in God. Sam. Hey. Hey. So I wanted to share a little bit about work-life balance. It actually started for me as school-life balance. I was in, I was giving labor, <laughs> and hey, MJ. I was uh, logging into the hospital's Wi-Fi so that I could then log into my online law school class so I wouldn't receive an absence. I wanted to save those until MJ was out, and that way I could have some time with him. Um, you know, I, I wanted to share that being a working mom, you know, it is hard, it's tiring, but the one thing that I can share is just I try to be extremely positive for MJ, and I think it's one way that moms can have a huge impact in their child's life. When I see MJ, I wave high, 
Yeah, we wave high. I can hear you. We wave high and I wave frantically and I yell and, and I just greet him with so much excitement and so much love no matter what time of day it is, whether it's at the crack of dawn or at the end of the night when I get home from work. And, you know, I, my, one encourage, my other encouragement to you is to find one way to strengthen your bond with your child every day, whether it be journaling and uh, creating a journal for your child to read later in life or it's a story that you read every night, or maybe a special nickname, or the way that you greet your child, and just develop that bond because it's about the quality of time, not the quantity. Good, good, good. So Mal, you have a uh, special message for going to be moms, and uh, so why don't you share us your story? Yeah, so... Um, I'm nine months pregnant, so I got two more weeks to go. <laughs> but before that, thank you. Um, I was li- definitely living a life that I didn't think glorified God. Um, but what kills me is that I knew that. And I turned away from um, God's voice, from family intervention, and even my own voice. Um, and I so just... Because your mic was down. I want to make sure everybody is hearing this. So you were... Um, uh, somewhat distant from God and God was calling you to him. Yeah, yeah I heard him. You heard him. Yeah. And then you said to him, not yet. Not yet. I'm good. But stay with me. Say it again? But stay with me. But I just... But stay with me. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then you got pregnant. Then I got pregnant. And I just felt like Adam and Eve when they were in the garden, like they had sinned and they were exposed and I was like, I can't hide from this. This is a big one. So before I could celebrate. And getting bigger every day. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> before I could celebrate, I had to be held accountable for, for my actions. Um, and doing this without God wasn't an option. And I just remember being so nervous to tell people. And um, I'll never forget when I told Miles, I was the most nervous. But I went in his office, and we were talking, and I said, I'm pregnant. And he said, okay, let's pray. And I was like, really? Okay. So it was then that I just found God's grace, and I knew that it was going to be okay. And um, all is good. All is good. And God used my shame as a testimony, which I just think is, is so huge. I never saw this happening in a million years. Um, was it ideal? Probably not. I probably should have just been obedient and listened in the beginning. But, um, you know, we're here now. And God has never left me, um, ever. And uh, even through my shame and even though, you know, things got really rough, he's always been there for me and he's always helped me work it out. So, um, and then always stood firmly by my side. So I'm really excited to meet my daughter in two weeks. And uh, I'm excited to teach her about her Heavenly Father, who has just saved me time and time again. Well, I'm proud of you to be here and to share your story in front of people. Uh, People have this perception, you know, you're the pastor's family or you're the pastor and your life is supposed to be perfect. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. There is no perfect life. Um, 
we have to work to get along with God. We have to work to get along with each other, just like every other family. And um, I want y'all to know that. And we could have come up here and just and just gave you the good the 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 the, the what you want to hear side of the story, <laughs> right? But we're not we're not that kind of I'm not that kind of what you want to hear person. Um, every single one of us is in a journey, and sometimes that journey goes astray. But God, if we're faithful to God, even when we're in our dark moment to say, God, I'm sorry, and come back to him, he is so faithful to say, I got you. Uh, There's some of y'all out there, you've been straying. And, and before I get into that, close of the service, I want you to say something to, there's a young lady out there, there's a young guy out there, you're not married, you, maybe you got pregnant, or you did something else, you know God was warning you, and now you have consequences. It can come in many different forms. And when she was one month pregnant, two months pregnant, not married, and she has to, and she's here in church, she's got to tell me and tell all of us, how does she do that? And I, and, and I heard before she told me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I was like, I'm just going to let her do it in her own time. And, and, and <laughs> I got you, I got you. <laughs> But I, I wanted to let her do it in her own time, and I knew that she was going to have to, it was going to be hard for her. But listen, God is like this when we come to him. He's like, I love you. So we have to do the same thing to each other. Can I get amen? So I want you to say one thing to that person out there who um, is in your, was in your spot. Um, just, just listen to God because I thought that another option was, okay, should I do this by myself? What should I do? And, and everything that I'd done up until this point was me taking matters into my own hands. So if you just listen to him, whether you're in the mess or you haven't gotten there yet, you're going to get there because he's going to, he's going to grab you no matter where you're at. So, you know, um, but you can do it and there, there are, a lot of people who will support you, you'll be surprised who will support you and who will just want to love on you. And they want you to be honest with yourself. Just be honest with how you're feeling and, and then you'll, you'll be good. I'm good. So, amen. Amen. Um, I want to pray. And here's my challenge to all of you is that you say to God, you just come clean with God. Whatever your issue, whatever your issue is, there's thousands of people listening right now. That means there's 10,000 issues. Can I get amen? Yes. It's just say, God, God, here's my issue. I, I, I'm mad at you at this. I'm frustrated at this. I've sinned over here. I've got this secret over here. And he says, I know all of that. I just want you to tell me. And I just want you to tell me you trust me. And I want you to let me love you. And he will. And so on all the campuses, in a minute, I'm going to have you bow your heads and pray. And here's a couple of groups. There's some of you out there, you've never given your life to Christ. You've been doing life your way. And Jesus wants you to surrender your life to him and ask him to be your savior. And then there's some of you out there, you've done that before, but your life isn't really the same, any different. You're still doing the same thing. So he's wondering, what kind of relationship do you have? I mean, are we, is it a game or do you just pray to get insurance from fire insurance from hell? What did you do? <laughs> it doesn't work that way. It's a relationship. And so it's time for you to say, Lord, I really, I really want to come clean. And I want you to clean out my heart. And I, want you to, I want to be obedient. Because God is not going to let you slide. And he's not going to, not going to be mocked. 
if you sow to righteousness, if you feed and, and, and uh, obey God, you will reap the, the fruit of righteousness. You will be blessed. But if you sow into unrighteousness and you live an unrighteous life, you will pay consequences. That's just life. It's life in the natural. It's life in the supernatural. And so it's time to say, Lord, I want you to forgive me because I really want to be obedient to you. I really want to be righteous with you. So right now I'm going to ask all you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I just want you to listen very carefully. Lord, you know everybody who's listening in all our campuses. You love them very much. You have a plan for their life. But we can only realize and experience that plan if we surrender to you. If we allow you to be God in our life. Not a resource. Not an option. But Lord If today is your day, you say, Lord, I'm ready to surrender to you. I'm in a journey and I need you now. I just want you to pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. It's a prayer of surrender. And then I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you prayed that prayer. If you would like to say, Lord, I, I, I need to be committed to you at a different level than I'm at, whether it be from not being saved to being forgiven and saved, or you're saved and you just want to be more committed. I want you to pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. And then I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you prayed that prayer. In the privacy of your heart, pray, Dear God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for being patient. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I know you love me. You died and rose from the dead for me. I surrender my life to you. Holy Spirit, take over my life. Heal my mind. Cleanse my soul. I surrender my life to you. Thank you, Jesus, for your patience. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer, I'm just going to count to three. And if you prayed that prayer, I just want you to lift your hand up really high, your elbow all the way above your ear. <laughs> so if you prayed that prayer with me, just lift your hand up really high. One, two, three. Lift your hand up really high. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God, dozens and dozens and dozens of you all over. God bless you. 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 You can put your hands down. Lord, thank you so much for all those people. Thank you so much for their faith and their faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give all those people a big hand. Can you give the ladies a big hand? Can you give the ladies a big hand? The moms a big hand? Amen. One thing before Pastor Marcus, it's not a time to leave you. One thing before Pastor Marcus comes and prays us out. If you prayed that prayer, we want you to text the word SAVE to 52525. 
just text us so we can know and get in contact with you and follow up with you. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about pain. We're going to continue our I Doubt It series. Week after that, we're going to talk about science. That's in two weeks in the I Doubt It series. And then after that, three weeks from now, we'll have Danny Woodard here from the Chargers. Um, Pastor, come pray us out. Amen. Give Marcus a big hand. Hey, yes. Big, Thank big you. brother. <laughs>